Well, welcome everyone to Love vs. Hate. My name is Anne, and I'm your old-fashioned nerd. And I'm Emily, our mainstream millennial. And on this podcast, Emily and I like to debate and argue about all the things in life that we love and hate. And sometimes we don't agree, and I'm very interested to see what Anne has to say and see what I think about it. Yeah, but maybe there's a possibility where you will agree and we'll be on the same ground. Ooh, that's intriguing. <laughs> yeah, but probably not because this is definitely a very nerdy thing that I'm going to be talking about, but that's what I am. I'm an old-fashioned nerd, so deal with it. <laughs> so today, we're talking about the multiverse. Emily, do you even have a concept of what the multiverse is? I mean, I have watched Marvel mm-hmm. and I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. I think it has to do with Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Doctor Strange, mm. but I have seen him in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That's about all I know. Actually, some people have told me that they're just like different different <laughs> places of existing. I don't know. Okay, yeah, that's not that's that's not that's along the line. And I, I think it's really popular right now, it's right? It's super popular right now, which is kind of why I wanted to talk about it because one of the things that I love about science fiction is just this opportunity to have this sort of because basically the multiverse is a concept. It hasn't been proven, it arguably can't really be proven, but it has been proposed in science of like, this could be a possibility. And so, you know, science fiction sort of takes that and just runs with it. And it's like, well, what if it was? And so it's this kind of fun combo of mixing real science with imagination and what it could be. You say fun in the same sentence as science fiction, (laughs) and that's where you've lost me. No, come back. Just hang on. I I just need like 30 minutes of your time. Okay, fine. I do like Marvel things, so... Thank you. We'll see. Okay. Well, yes. Like I said, I wanted to talk about it because it is... It has become more popular, especially largely because of Marvel, but other things as well. Um, And so, to kind of start us off, the, the idea of a multiverse, or basically there's many different terms that people have used over the years. Parallel universes... Um, you know, quantum realities, alternative realities, like all of those are kind of speaking to the same thing, same mm-hmm. concept. And most recently, multiverse has kind of been the term that's been used more recently. So that's why I'm kind of using it. And, okay. and it's used in the MCU as well as multiverse. And yeah, the basic idea is that there are these parallel universes that are very, very, very similar to ours with just minor differences. Some though, are so vastly different that it's like a completely different realm of possibilities. And it's just basically, it's an infinite amount of possibilities of other worlds and universes, just like ours, but different. Just like ours, but different. But different. (laughs) Are there other humans and beings on these other Yeah. I I mean, it's literally infinite possibilities. So it could be, it could be an earth that looks and functions just like ours, but it's not humans who became the dominant species. It's wolves. I don't know. They developed the brains to, you know, create and, you know, have innovation and go to the grocery store, make a grocery store in the first place, create farms, you know, like it's just, it's this, it's literally infinite amounts of possibilities. And somehow they all kind of coexist in the same space, but we never cross or see each other. Got it. So this idea, actually, this might surprise you. Actually, I want to ask. Wait, isn't this just like different planets? They all are living in the same time, but different areas? This is different in that 
Everything, time, space, energy, matter, all of it is in a separate universe. So imagine the planet Earth is in universe A. I am now looking at universe... (laughs) Emily's giving me this look like she's not following me in the slightest. Just run with it for a minute. Okay, picture Earth A. Can you see it? A. It has green grass, blue skies. Got it. I can picture that. Now, in a completely... Now, now a whole different universe. Not the one that we live in. Not the one where you and I are talking right now. Completely different. There is Earth B. It's the exact same location, but it's in a complete different reality. And in this Earth B, the grass is blue and the sky is green. What, what year is it there? Could be the same year as ours, or maybe if it's in another alternate universe, the Earth blew up and there is no concept of years anywhere. Oh my gosh. It's infinite. Why do people think this way? (laughs) Because it's fun. Anyway, so like I said, this idea, I want to actually ask you, Emily, when do you think this sort of concept was first theorized or first thought about? I think it was in a different universe. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Probably seven years ago. Yeah, no, that's very wrong. Uh. (laughs) So, I mean, the the idea of alternate universes was actually, you could associate it back to the ancient Greeks. That's what I just said. You you said seven years ago. (laughs) No, I said ancient Greeks uh years ago. Yeah. Play it back. Play it back. (laughs) Probably seven years ago. But yeah, there were philosophers who kind of theorized. But and again, like it wasn't exactly a multiverse and they didn't have the term multiverse. They didn't even use like alternate reality. Like they didn't really have those terms. But the concept of basically alternate states of something that's the same was kind of what they were looking at. So you could argue that they're talking about multiverse stuff. Um, but they were also looking at the the causation, what it could be. They thought maybe it was collision of atoms. This one guy theorized that maybe it's just like the universe constantly is in this state of regeneration. Like it's constantly just regenerating over and over and over and over. And it's just creating all these different realities. So, you know, that's just kind of the first first time that it was ever recorded, this sort of idea and concept. In 1995, there was an American philosopher and psychologist, William James, and he was the first to document the sort of terminology of like multiverse and kind of document like what that could mean and what this looks like. Mm. 1865? 1895. So not that oh, long ago. So yeah, just seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> what, what reality and multiverse are you living in, Emily? A different one. <laughs> Clearly. That's the same, but different. <laughs> I know, that seems contradictory. Um, And the term was first used in science fiction and where it kind of became more popular and where more well known um, was in the 1963 novella by Michael Moorcock. Um, I haven't read it. I don't know much about it, but that's just the, the first time it was used in any kind of science fiction. Okay. But, of course, it got more popular um, much more recently, honestly, uh, especially with, like, the MCU. Obviously, is the big one. It's The first time it was ever mentioned in the MCU is Doctor Strange, which came out in 2016. And, of course, it's just expanded from there. And it's honestly kind of becoming a major part of the narrative. Um, it's featured in Loki. It was featured in Spider-Man. It's obviously, I mean, the whole concept of Doctor Strange 2 is, you know, multiverse of madness. So, like, it's just kind of this concept has become really 
really, really popular. Um, and uh, even in the a recent movie that came out in 2022, like just like a month ago, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I don't know if you saw it. Probably not. Nope. Never heard uh, of it. Disappointed. Because it was phenomenal. I absolutely loved it. And the whole concept is dealing with the multiverse and what would happen if we kind of have, if we can jump from these different universes and how, and one of the things I like about this sort of idea and just concept in general is there's a lot of different ways you can take it, you know, in everything, everywhere, all at once, the sort of idea is that every little decision you make, whether it is to pick up a pencil or How did I it, know you were going to say that? I don't know. We think alike. Whoa. Or if it is to, you know, go to McDonald's versus going to Burger King. You know, every single decision you make in your life creates another timeline and creates another parallel universe with every single decision you make. And so that's kind of the overall concept. And then in the movie, they are able to jump between these different realities. Oh my gosh. It's like this book I read called The Midnight Library. Oh, really? Yeah. Then maybe that's why I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) This girl, like, she can go to this place and it's it's called the Midnight Library, obviously. And she can pick a book and each book shows her a different life she could have lived based on a different decision she would have made. That's one hundred percent like a multiverse. Oh my gosh. That makes so much sense why I didn't really like it. That sounds interesting. You should read it. <laughs> I probably would like it. Um, and so that's kind of something, like I said, that's a little bit interesting is you can take it in different ways. For example, in Star Trek, of course, they talked about it wasn't called the multiverse. They called it the mirror universe. And basically it was their universe, but a darker timeline. <laughs> that's pretty much what it was like Spock with uh, a beard and like he's evil rather than good um, in the uh, they featured a number of times in uh, Deep Space Nine, and again, it's basically just like, like Cisco isn't alive. Hey, and like I've different... seen that. What Deep Space Nine? You have. I showed you some episodes. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the basic idea is everything's the exact same. It's just darker and sad, mm. and bad things have now happened. Yeah, so it's the mirror okay. universe. So this sort of concept has definitely been around for a long time, but I think because of Marvel and the MCU it is becoming just more popular. And it's kind of the big thing right now is like multiverses. I mean, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse came out recently and they're coming out again and it's going to be another multiverse sort of concept. Um, And I kind of want to ask Emily, so that's obviously that's more kind of the sci-fi heavy side, but do you think it's real? Do you think it could be in the realm of possibilities? What do you think physicists say about it? They're probably like, it could be possible, but we don't have sufficient data yet. That actually is pretty much exactly (laughs) what they say. (laughs) And for the majority, I mean, there are certain physicists that kind of argue and state, you know, sort of theories about why it's possible. Many of them, though, are like, no, those theories are silly, like Iran. And so there is kind of like a, a split a little bit, but ultimately they kind of all agree it can't be tested. There's no way we can like really collect data. There's just so because it can't be tested, mm-hmm. it can't follow the scientific method. It can never be proven. So it's forever going to live as a theory. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I think it's possible because if it was possible and it dated all the way back to the ancient Greeks, don't you think we would have at least one like clear example of 
of a multiverse? I mean, do we? I don't know. We probably maybe we do. I don't know. Well, that's the thing is or like, is it you just know, like what if it's the it's a big what if. I mean, people can claim that they visited other. It's just like, you know, people have claimed that they've time traveled before, but it, it, it's a similar concept of you well, can't in, actually you can't actually really prove it. Prove and it, it. in theory, time travel can be possible, but it gets complicated quickly. And it's the same thing with the multiverse. So mm. eh, it's kind of up in the air. Um, but, you know, one of the things I think that's kind of interesting and what I kind of mentioned earlier at the beginning of this episode is I just kind of love one of the reasons I love sci-fi so much is there's this intermingle of real world and science with fiction and infinite, you know, imagination of what's possible. And so it's this kind of cool mix of, OK, well, let's take this concept that isn't theoretically proven. Mm-hmm. But if it was, what would that look like? And let's explore it. And then you can kind of get different avenues and different ways of looking at it. And I just find that really fun. And I think that's, it's just because you can take your imagination and your imagination is limitless. And yeah. so you just, it's, it's cool. Um, and, you know, and they've done things like this in the past where the science fiction has almost kind of informed a little bit what science is now capable of. A good example is with clones. Cloning used to be really popular. Like, mm. obviously, cl- the big one is Star Wars. The Clone Wars. Like, Never heard of it. What? You've never heard of the Clone Wars? No. You've heard of Star Wars, though. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, I try good. to avoid it at all costs. I though. don't know why. It's amazing. So <laughs> that's just, that's an aside. But um, but yeah, clones used to be really big. They became really popular in like kind of the 1950s. Um, one of the major contributors was a book that was written in 1932, which I've read and it's very good and I highly recommend, uh, is Brave New World. Um, and that was written by Aldous Huxley. And that, you know, it was written in 1932 and only a couple of decades later, like the 1950s, there were lots of movies and books and TV shows and stuff kind of coming out about clones. And then obviously even Star Wars a couple of decades later dealt heavily with with clones and like kind of what that looked like. And nowadays we clone all the time. Obviously, we're not cloning humans like <laughs> they do in sci fi, but we're cloning animals. We're cloning cells like cell research for cancer, yeah. like all of that is being done through clone work. Uh, so, you know, we took something that seemed very fictional and seemed kind of sci-fi and out there, like something we'd never mm-hmm. be able to do. And now we are doing it. And maybe someday, eventually, we'll clone humans. I don't know. That seems... Uh, the, there's a lot of ethics around that that makes it yeah. likely it will never happen. But could it? Possibly. So it just kind of goes to show that I I find... I've if you kind of look back at science fiction, especially starting pretty much around the 1950s, once we kind of had a little bit more access to televisions, like televisions were coming out, TV shows were being made, movies. Yeah. Some You're seeing sort of these trends. Well, I feel like science, in a way, science always starts out with science fiction, doesn't it? Yeah. It always starts out as an idea, as what if this yeah. were a thing? Like, what if we could talk to somebody on a on a device when mm-hmm. we're in two different places. Right. Exactly. Oh, it's called a telephone now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, what if we could send images across space and time, you know, and have a TV mm-hmm. and have television and live street and, you know, it's just, and it slowly evolves. And I, I appreciate you point that out because there You're is a, welcome. <laughs> thank you. It's like, I told you to say that I really did. <laughs> it does seem like I might've, but I didn't. Um, because uh, a good example is actually, I, I listened in an interview from the podcast uh, Wind of Change, 
which oh. I've had Emily listen to. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. I liked it. Uh, <laughs> but in the interview, they interviewed an, uh, a retired CIA agent, and she worked in the research industry, like kind of mm-hmm. a department. And she talked about how, you know, they would watch like James Bond and Mission Impossible and like MI6 movies, and they would do things where like, oh, they were they take off a mask, and it was, you know, a different person the whole time. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, CIA agents are like, well, wait, can can we do that? Like, yeah. And they would take ideas from movies and from fiction and apply it to real life. So yeah, it is this sort of blend of, okay, well, let's think of these ideas that seem impossible and how do we make them happen? Yeah. So. Yeah, because the reason that I said that is because when you asked me, do you think it actually is a thing? I was like, well, has anybody done it? Like if somebody's done it, then some it has to be real. And then I'm like, well, no. If somebody has an idea of it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be done. It just has to become an idea. Exactly. Oh my gosh. The more I talk about it, the crazier this becomes. And isn't it fun to think about? I just am appalled and amazed at what the brain can do. I know. Wow. It does blow my mind. And that's ultimately like one of the things I definitely kind of wanted to encourage people is... There is a limitless amount of possibilities when you use your imagination. Mm -hmm. Your imagination is quite literally limitless. Like, you know, that saying that, I don't know who said it, but there's that famous saying of... um, Use your imagination. That's Spongebob. Oh, no. I was thinking of the (laughs) one that's like, you know, the only limitation is our own imagination. Because that's all, like, if we can't... If we don't dream it up, it doesn't come into being, basically. Something like that. Wow. I might be... I'm misquoting. I know. <laughs> but... Um, that really makes you think. <laughs> I mean, it's true. The, the only limitation is our own imagination in this world, really. Because somebody was like, I want to fly. And, and then somebody did it. Yeah. They created an airplane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are limitations. Like, will human... I mean, but even then, like, we have jetpacks. So, like, humans can sort of fly on their own. Yeah, not necessarily does the first person who has that first thought, they don't necessarily create the thing that they thought about, but you continue to talk about it with other Mm -hmm. people, and eventually it could become a thing. Yeah, and even if it becomes a thing in the sense, like with the multiverse, like ancient Greeks hundreds and thousands of years ago were discussing this idea, well, what would that look like? All you needed is was Doctor Strange just, to come along. I was going to say, you just needed the <laughs> technology to create a movie. And yeah. there you go. That's an idea. Or like I said, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I absolutely loved that movie. It was very well done. And they explored sort of, okay, what does that look like in this setting? And if it was these characters and this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's something that I think is really exciting. And I personally like the multiverse. I like exploring it. I like this idea because it, it creates sort of fun. Like, uh, I really liked in Loki, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. It's really good. Highly recommend watching it. It's one of my favorite sort of, you know, Disney Plus has been doing these little short Marvel TV series that are usually around six episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's one of, it's probably my favorite, arguably my favorite, if not my favorite. It is my favorite. I'm just going to say <laughs> It's been my favorite so She far. really had to talk herself I into had that. To, I had to think about it. I had to, pro- I had to verbally process that out loud. Thank you for coming with me on that journey. Um, but there, I just love, because you, you get to have these sort of fun opportunities where Loki's meeting himself, but in different forms. So it's not, you know, um, 
the Tom Hiddleston Loki. It's mm. now, okay, well, what if Loki was a kid? Or what if Loki's super old? And like, it's these, di- it's literally different actors, but playing the same character. And it just kind of opens up this whole new realm of com- comedy and humor. And just, it, it just kind of also, it puts Loki in perspective of himself of like, wow, I'm awful. <laughs> and that's fun for a character to kind of, you know, yeah, be exploring of themselves. So I really like it. And in terms of kind of what's coming next. So, you know, clones were a big thing. Obviously, Apocalypse, those have been huge. I mean, Hunger Games, there's a million examples of like post-apocalyptic movies and references. Yeah. Um, and those, that's kind of, Westworld is kind of an example. Westworld, honestly, kind of com- combines a little bit of everything because it's got like cloning, but it's also got um, not quite multiverse, but sort of this exploration of like, well, what do we do if we put people in alternate realities? It's still like on Earth, but Mm -hmm. they're putting people in a different reality. How do people act in that? So Westworld kind of combines a little bit of everything. So I don't know what's going to come next. Maybe apocalypse. I think with the pandemic, I think it's possible that like a post-apocalyptic kind of genre could come back a little bit with like, okay, what happens if the world gets destroyed because of a pandemic or a disease or something like that? You know, it might start inspiring some ideas. Um, Time travel, of course, is always kind of, you see that throughout. That's very popular, but Mm -hmm. that's never necessarily been one that's like stood out the way like a multiverse has because multiverse is, it's time travel and the concept of that has always been in literature for just a long time. Yeah. Um, I honestly think there could be a surge of like AI coming out because in the last couple years, there really hasn't been any, a a lot of exploration of what it's like with AI is artificial intelligence. So robots, like there certainly has been stuff made in the past, um, but there hasn't really been anything recently that's come out with AI. A lot of the focus has been sort of of multiverse. Um, So I think that maybe could kind of be the next thing to come up. But what about holograms? Holograms, yeah. I mean, that was really big on Disney Channel when Pixel Perfect came out. It was one of my favorite decoms. Well, (laughs) holograms is very nerdy and scientific. So I loved that. So you would be proud. Hey, I'm very proud. Sometimes I get she was also a rock star. (laughs) Yeah, I get this mixed feeling whenever you bring up like Disney Channel movies and how you're like, oh look, it was in space, and I'm like. Yeah, but uh. I'm like, yay, because you liked it, but Anne's like, really? Zetus Lapidus. <laughs> it's a space decom movie reference. I know. I don't know how to feel about that. Because it's not like, it's not like true nerdy, but I guess it's a window into the world. So I guess I should be happy about it, but I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my question is, do you think the multiverse is real? I honestly, I think I have to say no, mostly because if it was, I just couldn't, it's just, it's too much for my brain. My brain literally (laughs) explodes at the idea. So I like to explore it in sci-fi and I like to see characters dealing with it, but not me myself. Yeah. (laughs) So no, (laughs) that's just too much. (laughs) Could you imagine seeing yourself like you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you just see yourself across the street? Is that how it would work or how it could work? It's how it could work. Like you could see yourself going in to a gourmet donut shop (gasps) and you'd be like, 
gourmet donuts. donuts. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> that would be weird. And it's funny because time travel deal multiverse. It, it doesn't really deal with like, okay, what happens if you see yourself? It's more so what happens if you're in another world. And but time travel, that's been a huge concept with time traveling is what happens if you travel to the past or the future and you're seeing yourself. Um, and a lot of different um, genres deal with it differently, but kind of across the board, everyone sort of agrees that that's bad. <laughs> Seeing yourself in the past or the future is just like a bad thing that to happen. Yeah. I mean, in Back to the Future, they talk about that. Like, Marty, you can't ever make sure you don't see yourself. You cannot be seen. And there's a point where like his girlfriend sees her as a, herself as a mom and they both pass out from they faint and... Um, mm. Or in um, The Umbrella Academy, which is on Netflix, highly recommend. I just binged that literally like a couple months ago and I like binged the whole two seasons and it was really good. Um, But they deal with that. Like, okay, what happens when you see yourself in the past? Um, And like the whole kind of across the board, like I said, in general, is like, it's bad. Don't do it. Don't do it. Except for in Doctor Who. He sees himself in the past all the time, but he's a time traveler and so he's used to it. So it's fine. But yeah. So I don't know. I think it would be crazy and I probably would do the same thing. I'd probably just pass out. I'd be like, this is too crazy and my brain can't handle this. <gasps> Shut down. I'd probably get really excited and be like, hi, I'm Emily. What's your name? Just kidding. I already know it. But what if they say things to you like, I know all of the things that you're going to do wrong and you need, you're just a failure and you're awful. What if they like say terrible things to you? Wouldn't that make you like sad? <laughs> um, oh my gosh. I don't know. I feel like I feel like she wouldn't say those things to me because she's nice. Yeah. But what if she's not nice? That's what I'm saying. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Then my inner Trina is coming out <laughs> and coming back at her. <laughs> if you didn't know, Trina is my alter ego. She's sassy. Yeah, that's, that's what Emily blames her sass on. But really, it's just Emily. <laughs> But that's the, you know, I don't know. People say, like, I think I would be friendly, too. And I'd just be like, yo, and I'd be chill. But at the same time, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I'd... I guess we'll never know because it's probably not real. Yeah, and it's probably never going to happen. Yeah. Another one of those theories that can't be proven through the scientific method because there's no way to experiment on it so or test it. So it's just doesn't exist until yeah. it can. So, Emily, what is your life lesson from the multiverse? Hmm. My life lesson is to just just sit with yourself for a moment and just think about all the things in this world that are created and that you have access to because of science. <laughs> that is just crazy. Oh my gosh. Wow. We take it all for granted. Yeah, too. and just be thankful. And if you have a thought about something that should exist, speak it into the universe. Well said. And it will happen. <laughs> and it'll create a new timeline. And who knows what will happen there. Yeah. What's your life lesson? I think mine has to be take some time. And be encouraged to use your imagination. Even if you don't necessarily Mm -hmm. qualify yourself as an imaginative person or a creative person, every single one of us are. Like even science people, you know, scientists are very analytical and they like logic and they like to, you know, make their Mm -hmm. tests and prove things. But they're still creative problem solvers. They're creative thinkers. And I think developing your creative, your critical creative thinking brain 
is so important. So just take some time, use your imagination, do something creative, do something fun. And I think it's, I think it's important to be intentional with doing that kind of time. So that would be my life lesson. Yeah. Use your creative brain. It's creative for a reason. Yeah. Use it. (laughs) 